Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, 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 what's good, Bush Nation? Welcome to episode 84 of Five Yard College. I'm with my main man, as always, Ash. You're with me again. It is a Wednesday, not a Monday. We don't know where we are, but we know that we're right here right now. How are you doing, brother? Yeah, doing very good, thank you. A bit later in the week, but we are still here. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I uh, was supposed to be on the or part of the Super Bowl show on Monday, which hasn't actually come out yet. I think it's either Thursday or Friday. I'm not sure what Mav's plans are with that, but I had a nightmare at bedtime and our times got messed up. So I didn't end up being on that, which is why we didn't record on Monday, even though we could have recorded on Monday, but we're here on Wednesday. (laughs) We are here to, I guess, primarily talk through the Senior Bowl, a bit of Shrine Bowl. We've got some news, Ash. Um, Anything else that I've missed that we're going to be covering or, or... no, I think that's the that's the majority of it. I think the the senior bowl's been the big thing last week, so that's the uh, that's going to be the main talking point of the uh, of the of the of the pod. Yeah, and what I've what I've found uh, really good about the senior bowl specifically this year is, although I haven't seen much of it, I've seen a lot more chat on social media and in our group chats and stuff about how the pro bowl was so bad that people have switched over and watched the senior bowl, which which they should be doing because. The Pro Bowl is NFL players being lauded as, I guess, the best, even though it was a vote. And then 
they're not even really playing football because there's no tackling. Whereas the senior bowl is all about players who are trying to get into, into the NFL and players that we should be paying attention to. So it's the way it should be. Let's just have the pro bowl games and then have the worst two teams in the NFL ball it out for the number one spot. And then everyone switch over and watch some senior bowl because that's where all the action is. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like you say, they've, uh, they've all got something to prove still. So they'll, They'll uh, they'll push it hard, especially in the in the practices, and then also in the game as well. It's uh, it's a bit more than an exhibition for for these guys, and you can tell. Yeah, do you think do you think with the practices there? I know that if you are plugged into college football, like some of our listeners are, and yourself and, and Jordan, the writers and stuff, that the the practice sessions are not not readily available because you do have you sort of have to try and look for them a little bit but do you think they're understated in importance for the casual college football fan who perhaps doesn't really know the importance of them yeah i would say so i think that for the senior bowl in particular i think a lot of scouts teams uh, analysts all that all those take a lot more out of practice than they actually do for the game because we said earlier, obviously they do they do push it hard in the in the actual game, but uh, it's in the practices that you really see the players perform and, and not perform and, and show what they what they are and aren't good at. Um, it gives you a, a better indication. It's uh, it's almost like the watching um, hard knocks, seeing them the players in practice. These guys are are in practice, trying to prove themselves to the NFL coaches that are watching and. And anyone else who might be there, and obviously the, the NFL coaches and teams that are that are managing the uh, the two teams, because of course every year uh, a different NFL program um, goes to do the national and the American teams. Obviously, it was uh, the Jets and the Lions this year. Yeah, and even it was Dan Quinn for the Lions. I think was going to be the the sort of head coach, if you will, but he almost took a step back and let the young coaches come in yeah. and actually run the show, which I think is good because you know these guys are. We're seeing it in the NFL where the younger coaches come from college, like Cliff Kingsbury and alike, where they bring the college game to the NFL in a younger way. And I think the two head coaches, uh, Sean McVay and who's the head coach of the Bengals, Zach Taylor, is yeah. the youngest head coaches in Super Bowl history. I mean, that that's saying something for how the game is perhaps developing. I don't know. It's just a, an observation I've made. And perhaps with the younger coaches now being given a chance in, in the senior bowl and stuff like that is, is, is brilliant to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had one, oh, we're talking about the practices. Uh, I, somebody who I don't think managed to play in the game, but had a good week was Boise state receiver Khalil Shakir. I don't know if he actually made it onto the field during the game. Ash. Uh, no, I don't believe he was involved in the game. Um, I couldn't see it from the box score. No, or, I don't. No, I don't think he. I don't think he was involved in the actual game itself. There was a few. There was a few guys from the practice that didn't um, actually participate in the in the game for whatever reason. And I think uh, Shakir was one of those. I think he missed. I think he missed Thursday practice as well, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Uh, I, I saw a couple so. of clips. I saw. No, sorry. No, he was sorry. No, you, no, he was at Thursday practice. I was right. thinking of. Um, I was thinking of Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State. Edge. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Shakir had an, a couple of unbelievable days of practice from what I saw on social media and stuff. And he's, the boy is—I think he could be really good. He could be really, really good. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. He Thursday um, was the the best day for him. I think Wednesday, of course, for those that saw it, it was horrible weather wise, and he he had a few drop passes with obviously with a wet ball, but he runs his routes really well, and um, he yeah in those like one on one drills, he he performed he performed well. He looked he looked quick and he looked like he could beat the man. Um, uh, he's, I he's think... really smooth in his separation, which yeah. is which is good because although you want quickness and suddenness in your cuts and stuff to create separation, it can almost be too jerky at times. Where he was really smooth with his transitions and his movement and getting to the opposite side of the defender and stuff. And I think so. I think he could be somebody to watch definitely in the combine if he participates in pro day and stuff because mm. his draft stock could rise a little bit. But anyway, we're going to talk about the senior bowl in a little bit. Let's talk about the Shrine Bowl, which happened on Thursday, the third of February. The West saw off the East 25-24 in this year's Shrine Bowl. Ash, for those who perhaps have no idea what the Shrine Bowl is, why don't you fill in Rush Nation as to what the Shrine Bowl is and perhaps it's being overshadowed by the Senior Bowl? Yeah, so it's it's a, it's in the essence of similar to the Pro Bowl and the Senior Bowl in, in, in that regard. But it's, the, it's an all-star exhibition game, essentially. Um, they do it on behalf of... Ah, it's uh, one of the charities. I think it's a children children's hospital, um, and it's it's essentially showcasing the top the top players of college that aren't at the senior bowl. And um, yeah, it does obviously get overshadowed slightly because they're of course not uh, that it's played in the same week as the as the senior bowl. Uh, but it's it, it's got its own it's got its own merits, um, and it's showing players that have like I said played well in the previous season, and also that prospects for the draft. And they um, are like the um, Senior Bowl. They are given NFL or former NFL um, and present um, NFL coaches and they're drilled in NFL scenarios. And uh, so like 4-3 defense and all, all that sort of stuff. And they again, it's another it's another area for players that aren't necessarily invited to the Senior Bowl to, to show themselves. And I think the coaching staff this year was... There's a lot of the Ravens there, um, and there was a few Falcons involved. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very similar to the Senior Bowl, just not on the same, not on the same scale, basically. Gotcha. So in the Shrine Bowl this year, Brown University's quarterback EJ Perry was the MVP. He had 214 yards and three touchdowns, and led the East All Stars back from a 19 nothing deficit. The East were not able to complete the comeback with my boy, Virginia tight end Jelani Woods, recovering the onside kick, which he tipped to himself and caught whilst falling. All very exciting stuff. Yeah, Jelani Woods had a great, had a great game, to be fair to him. Um, he got a touchdown and, of course, he got the um, he got the, um, inter- the, the, the onside kick to, to see out the game. But he um he had a good week of practice as well throughout, so he he was one that um, impressed. And obviously, you mentioned EJ Perry there. He was on the losing end, but he still got the MVP. He had a he had a solid game. Uh, get conf- confident in his throws, found his men regularly, and that was that was good to see. And uh, one final guy I want to speak to speak about from the the Shrine Bowl is someone that I've spoken to before stocks but I don't think I've uh, said about it in the in the pod before is um Pierre Strong Jr the running back from South Dakota State so he's an FCS um player he had a he had a solid solid week of of practice as a running back and a receiver um he didn't have a great deal to do 
um, for a majority of the first half, at least in the Shrine Bowl. But when he did have it, he 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 was comfortable with the ball, and he uh, he got himself a sixty-five yard catch in the third quarter. So he's had a solid week and finished it off with a solid performance in the uh, in the in the Shrine Bowl. It doesn't matter whether it's you or Tom. There will at one point during the season there will always be an SDSU. <laughs> or, a, or a North Dakota, South Dakota player that is yeah. lighting it up somewhere along the line. So that's good to see, good to hear. Well, that, yeah, I mean, there was a North Dakota in the in the senior bowl as well that we'll that we'll get to. So both both the Dakota programs were were in the spotlight this week. Yeah, somebody who I mean, this is this is old news now. If you aren't living under a rock, but we've we've mentioned Caleb Williams every week. We mentioned him on the mock draft last week with the Dynasty Boys. Shout out to the Dynasty Boys for having us on. It was great fun. Unfortunately, Ash, you couldn't be there because mm. you were up in Middle Earth once again. But I think we, I don't know whether you heard, you heard it or you've listened or watched, but I think we did you proud. I, we, I didn't manage to get both the Ohio boys in because I ran out of time. But we talked about Caleb Williams then and then the news broke either just before or whilst we were filming and we didn't see it. And that's former Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams has finally become the USC player and rejoins Lincoln Riley. Riley was forced to defend USC transfer activity and has said, we didn't take players from Oklahoma, we took players from the transfer portal, which I suppose is fact. Williams makes it three seniors who have committed to Riley and USC this offseason. So whilst that is a truth statement, Ash, it's also just covering up the fact that Riley has taken everyone with him. Yeah, I, I understand what he's saying. And of course, he's going to say that to the media to, to, to protect USC and himself. But... It's uh, I think it's obviously telling the the relationship he had with these players and the confidence they have of him as a head coach that they've they've entered the transfer portal and of course they've ended up at USC. So you can't blame him. He's he was obviously a coach last year. They were successful. We've heard a lot of good things about him and of course he's expected to do great things at USC. And he's now obviously got one of the top quarterbacks who's going to be under center and, and working with him again. So all signs are pointing up to USC. Let's uh, let's just say that. Absolutely. Ash, we've had a question come in from Twitch. It's from GZDR for Ev. There's probably a, a name in there, but I apologise if I've masked <laughs> that. And they say, would you condemn a player who decides to, I'll put it on the screen for everyone, who decides to play in the Senior Bowl, but refuses to play in the bowl game their team was invited to, so they don't get hurt and screw up their draft position? No, I don't think I would, because at the end of the day, the Senior Bowl, for many is the start of the draft process. It is a, a full-on contact game, as we saw. It's a lot more It's a lot more in-depth than the Pro Bowls are, as we mentioned at the start of the pod. But at the same time, it is still an exhibition for these, these prospects, whereas a bowl game is, in many regards, a fully competitive, we want to win this bowl game. So, no, I don't. I, I don't con- I don't condemn them at all. I think this is now them focusing on the draft rather than the team when they were at, they were at with college. It's more of a, a, a personal um t- to increase their draft stock. So I have no I have no qualms about it. And I, I don't obviously I can't speak for it not being involved, but I don't think teams would either. And I think it's probably something that teams would question in their interviews that of course they have at the combine and at their pro days. Um because it, it does read into some players' mindsets because some of them do it for the wrong reasons. Whereas I think a lot of them do it for to uh, to, to protect themselves 
And then, of course, they've got the senior bowl where they can just train if they want to. They can they can participate in the practices. And we saw a number of players who didn't actually play in the game, whether they picked up a knock or they, they were holding a knock and they were just doing training. It's something we see every year. It's something that is spoken about every year with players opting out of uh, of bowl games. But I don't I don't condemn players personally. And I don't think teams would in the grand scheme of things, depending on their reasons that we wouldn't hear inside of an interview. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I can't off the top of my head think of anybody that has perhaps done it this year. Maybe uh, GZ, if you have anyone specifically you want to mention, hit us up in the comments. We can talk about it again. Ashley's probably Googling it right now, but uh, it feels like something that would be difficult to find in a, a really quick space of time. So we'll, 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 uh, we'll stick a pin in that one, but we can come back to it at any point if there are comments made. We Obviously, Lincoln Riley has a fantastic relationship with all the players that have joined him. Oh, Buckeyes, Ash. The guys yeah, coming in. I was about to say, Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, um, uh, I think Petit Ferrer did as well. Yeah, it's. I, I, we've mentioned it on previous pods that that when they asked, when they opted out, maybe they felt that they've proven everything they need to in terms of college. Um, I it depends on who you ask will give you a different opinion. I think as a, as a watcher, as a supporter of college football, you, you, you wouldn't, you don't like it because the players aren't there. They're not playing for your team. Um, as a, as a fan of individual college players and their, their draft stock and their future in the NFL, I completely understand the decision to do so. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we're getting back to Lincoln Riley and USC. It's the type of thing that you want to see, not not necessarily just as a USC fan, because that is fantastic that your new head coach has come in. And I'm not saying that all the players, they want to see the players from Oklahoma come. It's a fact that the, the relationship, as you said, Lincoln Riley has built with these players, shows what kind of a leader is. And as a fan of USC, you must be thinking, licking your lips and thinking, this guy has obviously got something about him where... This is the head coach that we we have wanted for a while now, and this is a gig he obviously felt that he could take and, and run with. Uh, and it, it it's not something that I think is nefarious in any way. It's just the relationship he built with the players at Oklahoma is so strong that they were willing to follow him wherever, and that for me goes hugely into his favour as a head coach and. It shows not just for USC, but me as a fan of college football, how important a good head coach role is for these young kids. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right. I think the the head coach has a massive impact on this, Lincoln Riley going there. But I think people now are also seeing what this program is going to potentially be able to do, not only with the transfers they brought in, but with what was already there. Yes, they are losing some players to the draft this year. But it, a lot of it rests on on Riley as a head coach and what he's already achieved. He's he's highly rated before this, and many people expected him to be taking the step to the NFL this year. He's decided to to obviously go to USC. All signs are pointing to that being at this present moment in time something that's just going to increase his his personal stock even more. And it, it yeah, it comes it comes down to him as a coach. The the mentality he instills in his players and the fact that they want to follow him is, is, is a massive indicator of that. Yeah. 
Michigan's offensive coordinator Josh Gattis is taking over the Miami OC role for the 2022 season. Michigan are now without both their coordinators after DC Mike McDonald left for the Baltimore Ravens. Jim Harbaugh may have rejected the NFL advances, but he's now got to rebuild his core staff for the upcoming season. We saw them do it very well last year in a huge flip round for Jim Harbaugh and, and what went on there, Ash. Is this now a step too far, perhaps? Obviously, Ohio State are the Big Ten favourites. Do you yeah. think that this is now going to be a rebuild a little bit too far for Jim? I don't. I don't think. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't think so. I think you will bring in equally credible offensive and defensive coordinators to to assist him once again. And um, I think that it came out. I don't know if it was today or if it was yesterday, but it, Gattis didn't have the the best of things to say. Not directly, but he said, um, it, I, "I'm." Just try to remember the exact quote, but it was along the sort of lines of if if you don't if you're not happy being there, then then you need to leave. And it it was a bit of it. It wasn't a direct it like slate on Michigan, but it does it did seem to sort of have an indicator that he wasn't happy at um, Michigan. And I think the fact he's gone to Miami in the same role probably backs up that statement that that he that maybe things were he wasn't happy there. But I think from a from a Michigan standpoint, from a Jim Harbaugh standpoint, obviously he's decided to reject the advances of the Vikings. Apparently that was only a one-time thing. Of course he's going to say that because he's decided to come back. We won't ever know what happened in those discussions. But I I, I believe he'll he'll be able to bring in guys that are that are equally up for the job as they were this year. And and they've got an, they've got some impressive young guys there in particular from the from the twenty twenty one freshman group that um that are gonna look to take a step up. So he's gonna have to get it right because last year was a massive year for them and they're gonna wanna continue on that trend. And it's uh a lot of that's gonna be coming down to obviously the staff that's in play. Yeah, and and like I said, they they did it last year when Jim took a pay cut and, and rebuilt the staff that way. It's, it isn't unheard of or not unheard of it's not hugely unlikely that it doesn't do it again and I just wonder whether last year was was there one shot for the few years and maybe there'll be a maybe but maybe the rebuild will be strengthening and and push forward Ash you're gonna have to explain this next one to me so Levis Overton the number one recruit excuse me of the 2023 class is reclassifying to the 2022 class Overton has yet to announce his final commitment, as expected to happen in April. The five-star defensive end is deciding between, guess who, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Texas A&M. So how do you reclassify to the 2022 class and the 2023 class? So he's essentially did, uh, doing what Quinn Ewers did last year. He's he's uh, declaring for college a year early, like when they declare for the draft a year early. I don't know the exact ins and outs of how it works from high school to college, but from my understanding, it is a similar, it is a similar transition. They 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 essentially declared to go to college a year early, um, to enrol a year before, um, and that's exactly what um, Overton is doing. I'm not surprised. Much like you as last year, he's he was the number one of his class, uh, highly touted. Unlike you as last year, he hasn't actually got his school yet. Um, he's still making that decision. Which makes it a little different. Um, I was going to say this is hugely different in the fact that Quinn Ewers was nailed on <clears throat> as Ohio State. Yeah, was that all NIE NIL deal? It's setting himself up early, getting himself some payment before then switching to Texas. Not that that was ever might have been the plan. We we can never say because we we don't know. But 
like you say, he hasn't chosen his school yet. So this must be something to do with feeling he's ready to get to the college game as opposed to sorting himself at NIL-wise. Yeah, I think so. He's got, he's um, from from everything I've read and everything I've seen about him and his profile, he is a not only a great athlete, of course, being the number one prospect of the class, but he's also got high um, um, grades and his... I think it's GPA or whatever they have over there. He's 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 a he's a smart kid from from all intents and purposes. So that will obviously go a long way in saying that he he feels he's ready to to take that step up as well. I, I do find it interesting that he's he's making that decision without deciding on the school he's going to. But maybe he's already pretty honed in on the school that he wants. But he's obviously just uh, given himself another couple of months to to completely decide that. Yep. Finally, Washington offensive tackle Jackson Kirkland has announced he is withdrawing from the 2022 NFL draft and seeking a return to Washington for this season's uh, for next year. Kirkland is currently out with an ankle injury, which turned out to be more serious than previously thought. The offensive tackle will have to petition to the NCAA for reinstatement and is expected to undergo surgery to on his ankle this month. So this should make George pretty happy, Ash. Yeah, I'd say so. Obviously, but as long as he's able to uh, to return to the field, he he needs to get clearance, of course, because he essentially left college to to go to the draft. He's now going back to college. So, a similar similar scenario to when someone enters the, the the transfer portal. Obviously, not quite in the same regard, but previously, before the whole COVID pandemic happened, there was more often than not a player had to sit out a year if they changed schools, and then they had to basically petition to be able to play in that same year um it's similar to sort of for Kirkland here he's he's declared a year early but he's now obviously gone back on that because of injury I would say it's the right choice he his draft stock is essentially would would take a hit because he wouldn't be able to go to the senior bowl he wouldn't be able to go to the the combine the the pro days he's going to be really hampered on what he can do in the offseason because this injury is worse than first thought. Um, I think it's yesterday he went for surgery. I haven't seen anything since then, but it's the, the, the actual injury itself he's expected to make a full recovery from. But obviously, yeah, he's uh, he's he's decided to to try and go back for one last year, get fit at, at college, have a, another year of playing, hopefully, as long as he gets back on the field in good time and, and try again for the, the 2023 draft. Okay, that makes sense. Let's talk some Senior Bowl. We've done the news in Shrine Bowl. Senior Bowl obviously is in the books now. National team came out 2010 winners over the American team. Ash and I are going to run through some of the practice days, run through anything that we found interesting from that, then we'll get to the game. Not the highest scoring of games, Ash. I don't know if this is normal for the Senior Bowl. Does it tend to be lower or higher? Uh, it's a good question. You, you, you caught me there because I, <laughs> I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone what happened in previous senior bowls. But uh, I, I, watched... spend, I spend every moment of every week trying to catch you out. Yeah, you the really, fact that I've managed really to do it, I've got you. It's, I know that. I mean, they're they're more often than not quite tight affairs. I'm I'm recalling. I think last year, 2021, was a one score game. I think 20. 20, of course, didn't happen because of, of... No, 2020, sorry, the Senior Bowl did happen. And that was... I think that was more on the um, national side or north, as they were called, when they did it in 2019, I believe it was, 2019, 2020. Um, but they are usually 
tight affairs because, of course, they're they're players that don't play together at all for for the for the large part. New coaches, whole week of practice, and then into a game. It's always going to be a bit. It's going to be a bit. And there's there's lots of chopping and changing of the players as well. Of course, there's three QBs on each side. There's multiple running backs. There's lots of players coming in and out. So it's uh, it's going to be rare to see it as a high scoring affair. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk some American team first, as that is the tab I have open in front of me. Where do you want to start? <laughs> on the, of course, on the on the practices, we need to start there. There was um, a number of guys who had great weeks. Um, there was there was guys that had didn't have great weeks. I think the the, the first guy I want to mention, and he was a, a standout in the um, in the game as well, is. Um, um, Malik Willis, I think he, out of all of the quarterbacks in the training and in the game, I think he probably came out on top. It, it, he didn't do a great deal in the game with his arm, uh, but he did a lot of his feet. But throughout the week, all of the quarterbacks just didn't really pop off the page. But I think Willis, out of all of them, proved the most, not only with his legs, but on the on the day where it was raining quite heavily and it was horrible weather, the Wednesday practice, despite the fact that it was horrible weather, he was still making some great throws. Obviously, in large parts, he had some inconsistencies on the day, but it's the the passes themselves. When he got them off, they were great, and in that sort of weather, to be able to do that is no is no small feat. Again, like we say, all these players very rarely a few of them are teammates, but the majority of them have never played together before. He yeah. does he does still seem like the one who is the biggest prospect, as you would call it, because at times his overall accuracy looked shaky, but you just can't <laughs> you just can't get over the 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 impact he has with his legs. He he can make something happen at the drop of a hat. He showed that in the game, he showed that in drills. It's just the he's got to work on a few of those fundamentals like his accuracy and I think his overall decision making at times. But there's no dispute in his athleticism and I think that can get him out of holes. But we mentioned it, I think, on the mock draft episode. He's a sort of quarterback that's going to have to sit. And coming out of the senior bowl as being one of the most spoken about quarterbacks and the one who has, from all intents and purposes, from what I've seen at least from other from other outlets, and other reporters and, and alike seems to have made the biggest impression and the biggest impact on his stock draft. We could potentially see him at a team that's going to be needing a quarterback day one, which I'm still on the mindset that that, that isn't Willis. Willis needs to sit and Willis needs to learn the game to, to iron out some of those kinks that he's got to be able to be an exceptional quarterback because it does seem like it's there. And that athleticism is just a cherry on top. The the way he can use his feet, if he can get his his overall passing down and his decision making, he's going to be a top quality quarterback. But I'm just a bit concerned if he is being asked to step in day one, it's going to be a lot on him while he's still learning the game. So you hit the nail on the head with pretty much your very first sentence. Is that of of these American quarterbacks, there wasn't a single one of them that went bang. He, he, he's got it nailed in you know Sam Howe was Sam Howe he did Sam Howe things but we it's not as if we thought wow Sam Howe's better here than he had been all season because we we know who Sam Howe is now we saw him use his legs a bit in the season and that was great for his game but it, he didn't really do anything practice wise <laughs> Willis for all his 
pros and cons in the game, and most of it was pro. He, you mentioned that he was wildly inaccurate at times, and and then finally Bailey Zap, Bailey Zap, for the season he had, he looks like a guy who just wants to sort of stand in the pocket and pick out those short yardage throws, and he's yeah. very scared to throw deep now. Maybe that can be taught, or not to necessarily arm power. If he hasn't got the arm power, it's a bit late. But perhaps his decision making when throwing deep, or increasing his confidence when throwing deep, that might be able to be taught. But it was—I've seen several things now on a couple of forums that I'm a member of, and on social media where NFL scouts have said, having seen the Senior Bowl, and yes, Malik Willis was good. There isn't a day one starter amongst any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft, and that. As as a, somebody who's watching the draft and then somebody who is a fan of an NFL team who needs a quarterback, that is a very worrying statement, if it is true. Yeah, the um, I think that was, that was telling on this draft, on this quarterback class for this draft, that yes, they're, they're all very close in their, in their projections. They're all very close in their abilities, despite the fact they're all very different quarterbacks. But I think coming out the senior bowl, you, you're, you're right. There isn't a guy that's, that you look at and go, yeah, he can lead a team from day one. That is the, the concerning part. They've all got really good and positive bits of their game, but they all seem to still be learning the trade. And uh, yeah, it's not the it's not the most. Yeah, there's not anyone that stands out <laughs> to you that, that you can that you can be happy to start day one. And, and like and like you. My NFL team now needs a quarterback as well. So I'm also looking at this draft class and, and sort of holding my breath a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, I tell you, we the last few draft classes we've seen, there's been chat about the quarterbacks and stuff, early doors, people have moved up. But if they're not sure on this quarterback class, the draft could be really interesting in a sideways way that we're just not expecting. So yeah. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun come April. Anybody else you want to talk about from the Americans from the from the skill positions? Edge? Um, see someone. Oh yeah, someone I want to talk about that, that unfortunately was only there for one day was Devonta Price, the Florida international running back. Uh, it's only it's only quickly on him because unfortunately he was only there for the Tuesday. But on the Tuesday, I think he was one of the best running backs out of both teams to, on on the day. He was. He looked solid in every running drill he did. He had good vision to find the space. And, um, it, yeah, and he managed to find the holes. And he also waited. He had that that patience that you that you like to see from a running back to wait for the holes to open up and then explode into them. Just on, on the one day of practice that we saw, unfortunately, we didn't see him for the, for the rest of the, the practice. Um, he, he looks solid, and I think just from that one day, he did his he did his draft stock a, a, a bunch of favors. And then, I think from the wide receivers on the American side, um, Calvin Austin came in as one of the guys for people to watch out for. He had three solid days, despite the fact of despite his size, he is a smaller back, but he just creates his own space and the separation from the defenders was was top tier and his route running was on point pretty much every day and he makes up for his smaller size yet by still competing for the ball and, and more often than not he was he was coming away with it and then at the same time he's got that elusiveness because he is a smaller size 
And I think yeah. the, the first, day three in particular was the stand up for him. And then, and then of course he, he also impressed on the game in the, in the limited capacity that he was involved. I think running back wise, somebody for me who impressed, not impressed, but showed me something that he hadn't shown much of during the season was Brian Robinson Jr. You know, people have had him down as this running back for Alabama, who's, just the sort of plodder. He's not the Alabama running back we're all used to seeing from previous years and isn't great in the receiving game. But he, he had a really good three days of practice receiving and showed that he's got good hands. So <clears throat> for him, that, that was arrow up. And then I think Greg Dulwich. Uh, Dulcich? Dulwich? Ash? Uh, I, the, the UCLA tight end, yeah? Yeah. How do you Greg say his Dul- last name? I would say Dulcich, but no, we, always, we, we always we always say the names wrong as as the Brits. But, you know. Yeah, but we're allowed to. So Greg Dulcich. <laughs> I think I've heard that on a on a on a podcast before. Let's go with it. He from what impressed for me was his blocking style. He's not just mm. the guy who gets in there and uses his mass to stop the running. He was technically pretty good, and as we like to see with our big time tight ends, he showed his passing ability during the season of UCLA. He showed his blocking ability here, and when I'm not saying he's a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle or or a Kyle Pitts, although Pitts' blocking wasn't great, but it's okay. We like to see a bit of blocking from our tight end. So with Greg Dulcich providing a little bit on tape during the week, that also meant arrow up for him. Ash, I know you like your offensive lineman. Is there anybody you'd like to talk from the American team? Um, from the American offensive lineman on the practice. There wasn't anyone that really stood out for me. I think the guy I was paying attention to mainly because he he came up in our mock draft, but also because he is he is one of the higher rated guys on the on the American side. There's Darian Kendrick, the tackle from Kentucky. I think he showed his physicality um, throughout most of the weekend. He is a powerful tackle. Um, he also took a few reps on the interior. I don't think that's going to be his overall game, but if he is called upon there, he showed on, I think it was on Thursday, that if he is moved to interior alignment in the run game, he can make smaller defenders pay. He'll move them with ease. He's got good hands and he has got good explosiveness. And I think out of all of the offensive linemen on the on the American side, he is probably the standout for me. Okay, let's move to the national team. We talked a lot about the quarterbacks on the American team. The national team, obviously, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, names that we have all spoke about hugely during the season. Anybody impress you or lose your confidence of these three? Practice-wise, all three of them struggled on their own days. Um, I think... Carson Strong, unfortunately, from from day one, was pretty inconsistent. He's shown that he's probably got the the, the best arm, the strong the strongest arm out of all of the quarterbacks in in out of these six in particular, but probably the whole class that he can make those deep throws. And he made some he made some lovely throws, but he was inconsistent, in particular on um, Wednesday. Just his throws. It, some of them, some of them were, were were great, and then at other times he just seemed to misread everything and almost at times then put too much on it. He sort of over reliant on his arm, on his on his on his strength in his in his arm, and it, and would miss the target. And then of course on on the game day he he's probably the least flattering out of all of them, unfortunately. Ridder started off 
the started off the first the Tuesday. He had a very up and down day. Again, another player that's got a solid arm and has got the the physical running stats to back that up from his size and the way he can the way he can move with the ball. Um, but again, just inconsistent on some of those passing drills and get he put some he put some balls to to areas where you don't want to see it, but then at the same time he then put put a, the ball in the perfect place and it was a similar thing from Pickett they just on the national side the quarterbacks all three of them when it was in terms of just the practices were were up and down all week and from practice alone I don't think any of them stood out it, as a whole I think on the game there was one there was a clear there was a clear standout from the game but that may be because he has the the most time and that was that was <laughs> that, that was Ritter Pickett got one quarter and then and then sat out for the rest of the game Ritter came in scored a couple of touchdowns looked impressive um despite the pressure that the uh the, the the defensive line were given to him um and then unfortunately Carson Strong again much like his his week of practice in the, in the game itself some of his passes looked off. He threw and he threw an interception, and he just sort of never really found his foot in. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was a shame for for Pickett having this was I think a really good platform for him to showcase his skills, and he just didn't have a good three days or or game. So mm. it's unfortunate for him. Somebody I would like to touch on is Tyler Baddy. Everybody knows that he is a great receiving back, but his vision shone out through Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Wednesday wasn't a great day, but Thursday showed his patience when waiting for a gap to open up is is very good. We hadn't seen it necessarily superbly through the season, but he, he showed again that he's reliable in the passing game and, and the patience to hit the hole and use his speed was was evident on on all three days. Ash. Yeah, definitely. I think he out of out of all of them from a just a training from a practice per point of view, I think Baddy impressed the most and in terms of what the expectation from me personally was and and from what he showed and then obviously on the on the game day you had the likes of Abraham Smith who didn't have a great week of practice he had some he had some issues when it came to to finding the the holes that were made in the drills and to sort of struggle to make space and to keep hold of the balls when it was when it came to the passing work and then on the flip side of that he was probably the best running back in the actual game environment for the for the for the Saturday. So he he sort of did the opposite of some of these players with a with a yeah. poor practice and, and and showed it on the on the field. And a similar to Rashad White, I think Rashad White struggled day one on the passing. He showed good speed at times in some of the seven on seven drills, but just sort of left a lot to be desired. But I think his week slowly got better and better. Thursday was probably his best day of practice, and then again he he showed some flash on the on the game itself. And I think then that was that was summed up with his um, picking up that fumble and almost running through about seven or eight players that were on top of him to get a touchdown. Didn't quite happen, but he had the uh, he had the wearable to to pick the fumble up from Ridder instantly and, uh, and and drive forward, and it almost came off for him. Yeah, we talked to him, Khalil Shakir earlier. We we won't go back to that. Actually, I realised. For the American uh, side of the practice, we forgot all defensive players. Huge. Oh, I thought I, mean. I, I thought we were going to do offense and then defense. So, oh, because okay. the, be- the best the best player of the whole practice is on the American side that we did. So, I was assuming we do offense and then go back to defense. You know, but no, you can do 
that well saved. I should have put that in the chat and not embarrassed myself <laughs> publicly there. But hey, uh, let's. Uh, anybody else from from the offense on the national side you want to talk through? Yes, yeah, so a couple more guys. One of them is another skill player. I mentioned him earlier, uh, North Dakota State wide receiver. That's Christian Watson. He was probably one of the most consistent wide receivers on the national side for practice and, and was was incredibly impressive in the game, in the, in the limited work that he did. Um, from the game itself, I think his performance was summed up by the, the underthrow from Ritter. Um, Watson got himself into space. The, the ball was underthrown to to Watson. He he f- almost fell to the floor, picked it back up. And of course, the difference between the college game and the NFL game is, as long as they're not touched, they can get back up and carry on going. That comes into play in the senior bowl game, that, that ruling then becomes a thing. Watson had the instinct to get back up and continue the run. He did get tackled, but he just showed, he showed that, um, he, he showed that impressive knowledge of the game that he's going to be walking into in in his first action where that that ruling is live whereas some players would still be in the mindset of college and i think from the whole practice throughout the week as i say he's probably one of the most consistent pass catchers he made he made some great throws he he looks comfortable in making a lot of those throws he is um he's competitive in the in the contested catches and he he's got a he's got a a really quick release when it comes to beating the man at the, at the top of the route and uh, and that gives him the space then to, to 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 make those catches so i think he out of all of the national wide receivers um along with shakir who we spoke about earlier before obviously he had to to step out i i would say watson was probably the most impressive out of all of them and then the only other guy I wanted to mention on the national offensive side is the offensive lineman, and that it was Zion Johnson. Um, I think Johnson came in as one of the top, well, if not the top interior lineman for the for the senior bowl. And I think the practice and the game showed that he was he was solid throughout. Um he his blocking his blocking was on point from the outset. He even got put into center on Thursday and and looked solid there as well. He just looked the most NFL ready interior lineman on the uh maybe it's a, there's an argument to say he was the best overall lineman throughout the uh throughout the whole week and and the game. I think Trevor Penning another national offensive tackle um also had a had a solid had a solid week as well, but I think Zeon Johnson came in as the top interior and left as the same and, and, and only proved what people were, were already thinking and, and, and expecting from him. Okay, cool. Let's do some defensive players before I uh, move on. We might, <laughs> as <well> stay, <laughs> we might as well stay with the national team because I'm still on that tabash. Uh, of the national team, who, who stood out the most for you on defence? Um, Boy Mayafa, Edge from Minnesota. Um, in particular on the, on the game, he was the he was the national national team player of the game, not MVP, but but the but the the national team's player of the game. He disruptive, couple of sacks, made himself busy against the offensive line when for all the snaps he played. And then in practice, he was he's been, he he's regarded as one of the most athletic edges in the whole class. And he came in to the to the practice and and showed that he's explosive. He's um, quick off the bounce he's agile but he's then also got 
he's then also got the power to to essentially rip away from the defenders as well. He's not just a speedster on the edge. He can he can get into the 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 contest with a, with alignment and beat him usually with his speed around the edge. But he can he can use his arms to to swim and to rip from a from the lineman. And he um yeah he 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 impressed pretty much every day on on practice and then was one of the top players of the whole game on on game day. Okay. Do, do we know obviously he didn't make it I don't think he made it into our first round of the mock draft a couple of weeks ago, did he? I don't think he did, did he? Who? Myafa? Uh Mafe? Yeah. Uh I don't think he no, I don't think he did. Do you think, think this has perhaps helped him be in first round contention, or will he be a, a second or third round guy? I think it has definitely helped his definitely helped his stock. Um, he was mightily impressive, and if there, if there wasn't a couple of other, uh, well, one other guy in particular that, that <laughs> impressed in the uh, in the in the practices, then yeah, he probably would have. Um, he probably would have been in the first round I think he will he is in that conversation and he will stay in that conversation um but uh but yeah he was overshadowed in the practice at least by by someone on on the national on the uh, American side but before we get to the American side I think we've probably got to talk about the MVP of the uh of the game which was Perry and Winfrey the defensive tackle from Oklahoma this man is a monster (laughs) <laughs> he he just he was disruptive the whole game. I think the the main takeaway from from those who haven't seen the the senior bowl itself is just how impressive both defenses were and the defensive lines in particular and the edges. But Perion Winfrey just made himself a nuisance from the outset in the game in particular. I think he he also got two sacks, but just disruptive from the outset. And at times the the offensive lineman just didn't know what to do with him. And then in 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 training, come in day one, and 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 he just bowled people over and just made made it look easy at times. And he's done himself a, a tremendous um, tremendous job on his on his draft stock. I think he is. If he wasn't already, he's probably put himself into first round consideration because he was that dominant throughout the whole of practice, and then and then also in the game, he's probably. I'd say he's up there with the top player of the whole of the senior bowl. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see much of um, much of Jerome Johnson, Jer- Jer- sorry, uh, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, Jermaine Johnson, because I think Winfrey took a little bit of out of what we saw from, from Johnson in, in the practice because of what he also then did in the, in the bowl, in the bowl, in the senior bowl itself. You've, you've, Sort of teased an American player several times, Ash, in the last couple of minutes. Let's let's talk yeah. about this guy. Who is it for you? It's Jermaine Johnson, um, Edge from Florida, Florida State. Sorry, he was he's slowly been moving up people's draft boards and and being spoken about more and more as a first round edge. And coming out of the Senior Bowl week, he has almost cemented that for me. He was levels above a lot of the players throughout throughout the majority of the week in terms of practice. Made himself look like he was already playing in the NFL at times. Explosive, strong, quick off the off the snap in terms of the from the edge. He just he knew 
that he knew that he had to impress because of the expectation that was already on him. And he's done that and more, in my opinion. It's a shame that we didn't get to see a great deal from him um, on, I don't think he trained, I don't think he practiced at all on the Thursday. And then I, I, I don't recall him being involved on the game itself, but just from those two days that we saw, st- head, head and shoulders for the large part above anybody there. And um, and he's going to the combine as well, so he's going to have more of an opportunity to to show that. But yeah, just 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 an absolute standout from 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 minute one until until he until he left. I think I think he sat out of training on the Thursday because of an ankle injury, and I don't. I, I'm I'm fairly confident he didn't take any snaps in the in the in the senior bowl itself. But just from what we saw from him, as I say, dominant throughout. Show, shown every everything you want from an edge, and uh, yeah, he's done himself a world of a world of good. And I I would be very surprised if he is now not taken in the first round or in heavy discussion to be a first round pick. Well, the first round, as I mentioned earlier, could get sideways. So there's it would be no shock for him to get into the first round based on his two days of of wrecking ball production at the Senior Bowl. Ash, I. I think for me that was perhaps a little bit more in depth talking on the players than I thought we were going to do. <laughs> because Sorry. I thought, no, 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 no. It's a good thing, obviously, because I'm learning here as, as well as Rush Nation. Oh, everybody knows of the two of us. You're the teacher and I am the pupil. Oh, from the game that we haven't talked about, is there anything from the game that you want to speak about that perhaps we haven't already mentioned? We've discussed a lot of the standout players from the game and why they why they stood out. I think maybe a couple of guys that we didn't mention um, on the national side, tight end Jake Ferguson. He um, he had a solid day, sixty two yards off three catches and a touchdown. Looked good in the air, looked confident in the air, which we expect from him. Ferguson's been dis- been spoken about as one of the top tight ends, maybe not so much as the uh, McBride and likely, but. But Ferguson has been up there in consideration and the game itself, he looks solid. McBride arguably is the top tight end in the the draft at the moment. And that was apparent from the week of practice and then the game itself. He was regularly making himself look busy and coming up with catches and and blocks. There was a, there was a couple of occasions where he was unfortunately put on the floor from a, from an edge, but you see that at times for tight ends. He is more of a passing tight end, but he makes an effort in the blocking game, which is is only going to be a good thing when it gets to the NFL because more often than not, we do see even passing tight ends need to be involved in the blocking game. Um, I think that's probably it from the national. We covered a lot of them. Boyd Mayfay, Perry and Winfrey. Um, they're, they're the main guys, Rashad, Rashad White. And then from from the American side, I had Sam Howe, who we've spoken about. Um, who else have I got on my lists? Uh, Malik Willis, who we've spoken about. I think a couple of other guys. Um, the, he was the American player of the game, was D'Angelo Malone, the Western Kentucky Edge. The game itself, I'll be honest, I didn't see a great deal from him in practice. I didn't really get a chance to look at him individually and nothing really popped out for me. But but the game itself, he was he was he was mightily impressive. As I say, both both defensive linemen were were impressive 
for the for the for the whole game. But I think from the American side alone, um, D'Angelo Malone was was the standout. He he was involved in a number of tackles. He got a sack. I think he got half a sack. It was a, it was an assisted, but regularly disrupted the offensive lines in front of him. And um, yeah, he was uh, he made himself a handful and and has probably put himself on a few on a few people's radars because I'll be the first to admit that I hadn't really seen much from him before now. And he he is one of those players that I'll be taking a closer look at of his individual tape from Western Kentucky because of this game. Um, and then maybe really the only other person is is Damian Pierce, the running back. I don't think we spoke about him from Florida. Nope. Again, not a great deal that stood out to me in practice, but on the on the game, despite the, pl- the fact he played at running back, which is alongside quarterback when it comes to the senior bowl game itself, one of the most difficult to 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 look at individually because of the rotation. But what he did show is he made himself he made himself big in tackles. He he went through tackles, but at the same time he then found the holes and made people miss. And um one highlight that I, that, that stood out in particular was the one-handed grab in the passing game. What I find crazy about Pierce is just how little he was used at Florida because from from what I've seen on the limited viewing of, of practice and on the game is he can pass as well as he can run. And I think he might be one of those running backs that a team's going to look at and maybe take him, sec- take him third or fourth round and that's going to be a bargain because he seems to have all of the makings of a guy that uh, a running back that can do it all. Do need to look at him a bit more overall, but this is that's just my initial assessment on 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 what I've seen from the Senior Bowl and the limited I've seen from him at Florida, which unfortunately is limited because he wasn't used enough in the passing game. <laughs> which makes absolute sense. Listen, we've still got a whole load of time before the draft to dive into that. <laughs> Ash, we've got a lot of good stuff coming in the pipeline. Do you think we should possibly tell Rush Nation as to what's coming up in the upcoming weeks or even what to expect next week, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I didn't I didn't I didn't create the roadmap for fun. Well I was doing really for us to follow, but it would be <laughs> no, good it's true. Yeah. on board and, and follow with us. No, I think it's uh it, it's getting into the nitty gritty now. We're we're we are Close to the draft, it, it seems like it's ages away, but let's let's not forget it's the end of April. It's it's two months, and and, and we're essentially there. So, our focus now for the next seven, six or seven weeks is is NFL heavy, and and those players in particular. So, we're going to be doing individual positional breakdowns of the of all positions. There's going to be a couple where it's going to be combined because of. The, the talent might not be there. There might not be as many people we want to speak about, but we're going to be doing standalone episodes of individual positions. So quarterback, offensive line, secondary, you you name it, we're going to be doing it. We're, of course, going to be doing some mock drafts. We've got the combine coming up, so we're going to be doing a combine review and, and our takeaways from that. We've got loads of stuff coming up about the draft now. It's, it is always an exciting time of the year, and, I mean, it's it's... It's one of my favourite times of the year, especially when I sit down and watch individual player tapes because there's no there's no games going on now, so I can focus solely on on the individual players and and give people a little bit more attention than just seeing them on a field whilst you're watching games. Yeah, hundred percent. If uh, 
If you are worried that we will miss something, I give you the promise now that Ash and I will cover every position, even if it means having to drop emergency podcasts to you at some random point throughout the week. We will cover every position. We will be doing mock drafts. There'll be a combine review, as Ash says, because there's bound to be somebody in there that goes ridiculously off the charts who we weren't expecting to, and then like Mikhail Becton, then suddenly their draft stock is a million times stronger. So that will be that that will be happening for sure. And um, listen, if you want to get yourself some merch, if you're watching on the video stream, and if you're not, head over to YouTube. Hit the subscribe button and the bell so you get notifications for when we go live. We would hugely appreciate it. That probably should have dropped that at eight minutes, not 58 minutes. But hey, we got <laughs> on a roll. <laughs> if you want some merch, because the shop will be closing for a reshuffle and some new products going in. If you want, you grab yourself an old school logo camo t-shirt. Like I have one in the video. Go get one of those. Or if you want a grey jumper, like my man Ash over there is sporting, which you can't quite see because he there you go. Pop it up. Actually, that's a limited edition staff one. You can't get that on the website, ah. but you can get the same thing that isn't <laughs> faded. Uh, that's over on the website as well. There'll be new products dropping really soon. Shout out to those original audio listeners if you're listening to the podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. If you are new and live on the stream, we thank you for the hour of your Wednesday evening you have spent with us. A couple of British guys talking about college football and getting names wrong. It's just how we do. And shout out to those in the comments section. We have hugely appreciated your interaction. Ash, have I missed anything? I feel like that was a good outro. I feel like that was a great outro, yeah. No, nothing, nothing extra from me. Perfect. If you want to get involved on Twitter, follow us at 5 Yard College. Head over to the website, 5yardrush.co.uk, to check out the articles being dropped by everyone over there. And I promise player reviews will be on their way. I've had a couple more in my inbox, so I've got absolutely no excuses now i need to get them out because draft season is fast approaching as i said rush nation this has been a blast it's been an enlightening session on the senior bowl because i haven't got to see it all yet but i guess ash what are we doing next week do we have a specific target next week that we're aiming to look at yes quarterbacks next week we're going to be breaking down I think we've we've targeted six or seven of the of the top guys in the draft. So not only those ones that we've spoken about tonight, but a few of the guys that weren't at the Senior Bowl, and uh, maybe a few other surprises to uh, to keep an eye out for. Whoop whoop, <laughs> boys! If you often you want to jump on any of these positional reviews, hit us up in the chat. You are always welcome to come on, and we can triple threat or quad battle this one out for a quarterback, running back, whatever you fancy, really. And then always Rush Nation. Saturdays are for rushing too. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.